wherever you are in the world right now. Stop what you're doing, stick on your headphones, and listen to the Retail Podcast. Brought to you by Death Ground Marketing. This is The Mob Show, Mason on Business. Here comes the money. Here we go. Hi, this is Death Ground. This is David. This is Six Minutes of SEO. So six minutes of SEO, what is it? Well, I believe firmly that any company right now that's got designed by, powered by, website created by on the bottom of their website isn't getting the right service. And if I was to call up most companies right now and say, hey, look, I'm an SEO expert, I'm an e-commerce strategist, I'd like to see what I can do to help your business grow, develop more sales, increase more leads, just get more reach. And then probably a lot of them would say, oh, we've already let our website designers handle the SEO. And that's the biggest mistake you can make. They're two fundamentally different skill sets. That doesn't mean there isn't a full service website company out there that doesn't have an SEO expert in there. But the reality is for the prices a lot of these companies charge with their gold, silver and bronze packages, 200, 300, 400 pounds, 500 pounds, 1,000 pounds, it really isn't anywhere near substantial enough to give you the level of SEO that's actually going to move the needle and put your company in a leaderboard. Do you want to know why some companies are on page one or rocking along on the top of page two for all of the major categories within their sector? It's because they devote significant resources and investment into proper SEO. And I'm not just talking about changing a few meta titles here that you see on Google. I'm talking about technical SEO, internal link structure, optimizing and customizing the breadcrumbs across their site. Hell, on our websites, we change the word home that you see at the front of the breadcrumbs, by the way, are those little bits of text that go along the top of a website to show you your journey across that site so you can go back to a previous sector. Now, most sites out there have the word home as their home page. These little links are internal links that share a little bit of page authority back to those pages. They can help with your SEO, they can help with your ranking. And so if you've got a thousand pages on your website and the very front breadcrumb is the word home, directing them back to the home page, that tells Google nothing other than that is a home page. So for example, in our business, We've got that changed up to whatever the business is. So Death Ground, for example, the very home breadcrumb isn't the word home. It's marketing agency because the phrase we want to rank our homepage for is the phrase marketing agency. Those are the levels of SEO nuance, the techniques, the extra skills that you genuinely get when you get an SEO expert and not a website designer for your business. So what I'm doing right now is I'm doing six minutes of SEO. It's short videos where I pick a company at random and I literally go into it within six minutes and I'll find something that shows that company what they're doing is wrong i'm picking the, the sector at random i'm picking the company at random all i'm doing is i'm looking for any company that's got the word designed by or powered by on the bottom if you want to challenge me if you want to get involved with the six minute seo challenge and let me see if i can prove to you that actually there is value that i can show you in six minutes imagine what i can show you in half an hour imagine what i can show you in a week or a month drop us a message get in touch with us it's hey at deathground.co.uk or just jump on the website deathground.co.uk now Let's talk about Shopify. So today we're going to talk about six minutes of SEO. It's an SEO challenge I'm doing. I'm prepared to show any company out there that I can show them significant improvements they can make on their site within six minutes. And if you to look at the website before you tell me, it's time to start the stopwatch. And we're also going to talk about Shopify. Shopify is something that we use. We'll talk about that. A lot of people are signing up to Shopify right now. Is Shopify a good place for you to start your very first online retail business? I'm going to talk about some of the pros and the cons. Let's get into it. So there's been talk in America of how Shopify is going to become the next big thing in terms of e-commerce from a buying side of things. We've used Shopify for one of our own websites, Vape and Juice, 
And it was more because of an inheritance of a site that we had. We got it. We asked someone to build it in the early days. We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know about information architecture, pre-planning a website. Like a lot of people, we go out there and go, oh, we need a website. So you get the website made and then you add a bit of content to it. There's no conversation from that website designer ever really on, okay, what are the keywords you want to target? What's going to be the structure we're going to focus on? What's going to be your user experience? What are, what are, what are the user experience things that you like most? There's never that conversation. And that's probably the case for most website builds for most small businesses not just in the uk around the world so shopify has its has limitations when it comes to things like seo and trying to rank your site anyone who's got a shopify site and is trying to rank it will often see that they get frustrated by the inability to have things like subcategories and a good hierarchy one of the things that google really really likes when it comes to uh, navigating sites crawling sites and and ranking them is the ability to to navigate it crawl it call it crawl it when their bots go through it, its ability to crawl it easily and to understand the order and hierarchy so to give you an idea of that so if you've got a, a website that sells shoes if you use something like wordpress with woocommerce while it can be a little bit less robust sometimes in terms of its um, doesn't fall apart essentially i often feel like wordpress sites feel a bit like using sticking plaster but on a WordPress site, what you can have with your products is you can have shoes and you can have a subcategory of men's and women's shoes. And under the men's shoes, you could have uh, winter shoes, summer shoes. You have all these different categories and it creates an order and a hierarchy. And why that's important is this. If you're using the word shoes in multiple different categories, but you're trying to rank the top page shoes for the term shoes, what actually happens is if you don't have subcategories and you have what's called a flat hierarchy, as in where everything is at the same level according to your website build, you are essentially going to cannibalize those things. So with, um, with with our website on Shopify, the problem we had is we sell vape kits. And there are different types of vape kits. There are starter vape kits. There are uh, big cloud kits. There's uh, cheap kits, expensive kits. There's all sorts of things. And there's, you know, there's, start, there's mouth to lung. There's lots of different variations. But essentially, you keep using the phrase vape kits, which means you could cannibalize your main category with where the most of the traffic is, which is vape kits. Now, you can have, and that, on that as well is sometimes the, the what they call seed keywords, the top level ones, aren't always the best ones to go for because while they might have a lot more search volume, they're very, very broad. So someone who's looking for a shoe shop online might, I, I've never done this personally, I'm a little bit more specific, but they might type the word shoes in to find up shoe shops, but they may not actually find the store they want straight away. So they'll, they'll click on one, but it might not have Nike sports shoes, or they might not have Air Max 95, or they might not have some classic ASICs or whatever it is they're looking for. So the conversion rates for those sort of terms, when I say conversion rates, the land on your site to buy is very, very low. Whereas if you ranked for something like Air Max 95 or Jordan's Black Size 9, you are going to have a much higher conversion rate. Because if what you have on your site is that that meets that term and someone lands on your site, you are meeting their need immediately. Now what it comes down to is whether or not the shipping's too expensive or you've got the size or you've got it in stock or you've got the color or your price, whatever it is. But those things you can control. Whereas if you were just trying to go for trainers or sneakers, it's much broader terms, so your conversion rate's gonna be a lot lower. And that means sometimes it's better to target what they call long tail keywords, which are much more broader terms. But then you have the problem when you've got things like Shopify, where you've got all these different long tail keywords that ultimately relate to one higher level seed keyword. But because you've got a flat hierarchy, you've got all these categories essentially at the same level, the same distance from your initial URL, the root domain, it cannibalizes one another or it can cannibalize. So it's quite difficult to, to work around that Shopify. But we have got some tips. And in this podcast, we're going to talk about four things you can do on Shopify to even up the SEO odds. So with that said, let's get cracking. So number one, super important. 
performance. Now, one of the things that you can do to improve your site's performance, that means page speed, page load, is go through your site. And where you've got some of these slider banners that often come out of the box with a lot of the Shopify themes, have a look through them. You don't need multiple slider banners. No one's sitting there watching, waiting for the next slide to come past. Bring it down to one key banner that, or even a collection of banners within one space that send people off from your homepage down to your next sort of key categories. So if you sell clothes, for example, this is the best way of describing it. Maybe you sell all types of clothes, okay? All different parts of the body. So your homepage might be online clothes shop. You're gonna target a keyword for your homepage. And this is something else actually, just to go off this. Keep a spreadsheet of all of the keywords you're using for each page. Each page should target one specific keyword. Don't try and use the same phrases all over your site because it can it can become cannibalistic where Google isn't quite sure which page it wants to pull up. And if one page is slightly more optimized, you might find that Google sort of veers off and goes for another page as that type of page. So for example, let's say the home page here, we're gonna be targeting online clothes store, online clothes shop, online clothes shop, UK, online clothes shop, USA, whatever it is, or local clothes shop, you know, Essex or London, whatever the term is, the what you are essentially as a business. On that banner, rather than a slider banner, where each slide is, very often I look at these websites on the performance tools like Pingdom, and you'll see each slide is like 200, 300 kilobytes. You end up having a, kilo, a megabyte and a half, two megabytes of images just above the fold at the very beginning part of your website, which your site has to load before it loads the rest of the page. Bring it down to one slide or one slides area of smaller banners within that size. So immediately you're gonna reduce loads of megabytes and kilobytes off of your website. It's gonna mean your page is gonna load quicker, therefore your performance score is gonna go up. And those kind of things Google likes. Google likes fast sites. Now, it doesn't mean a fast site with terrible content is gonna rank, but it does mean if you've got decent content, but you've got a massive load of file sizes, bringing them down certainly help you in terms of your ranking. Now, what are we gonna do on that banner grid or that banner area? We're gonna have, so we're a closed store, and we're gonna have a link to shoes, hats, trousers, t-shirts, jumpers, whatever, and even a sales section. So you've got those key things. And then when they click that, they'll go to the top category that you think is a top category for those things. And on those pages, you can then break them down further. You can put some text links to say, uh, say they click on shoes, it could be, you know, this is our shoes page where you can buy shoes online in wherever we ship, whatever, all different versions of shoes. What other words are there for shoes? Shoe, I can't think of it, boots maybe. Um, Click the links below to, to narrow down your search. So you might have um, sports shoes, evening shoes, church shoes, God knows what other types of shoes. I'm really getting myself in, in, a, in a category here that I'm not totally sure of. So you try and, you're trying to create a kind of a hierarchy, a higher, sort of a, a sense of order, which I'm going to show you another way of doing that as well shortly. But let's focus on this one. So you are creating a natural kind of hierarchy. And then on those pages, you'll focus for that key term. You pop it into your spreadsheet. You put the URL in, that's the full web address of that page, and what the keyword is you're targeting, and you focus on that keyword. And try not to use the other keywords on the other pages, again, to avoid cannibalization. What I also suggest doing as well, which is actually just outside of the performance aspect of it, if you're going to have a sales section, what you could do is you could put a, little, a short slide, not too many products. The more products you have on there, if you've got a slider on your homepage of a collection and you've got 20 products, Google has to run a request for your Google. Your site runs a request for every single thing. So the price, the title, the picture, all those things are what we call requests. They send out a message, give me that information, bring it onto the homepage. By bringing it down from 12, 15, 20, endlessly, bring it down to sort of five key items, five featured items. Maybe they're a great price. Maybe you've got them. No one else has them. And you're showing 
actually some very attractive prices. So when people land on a website, they want to know that they can afford the products on there. Now, you might have some expensive stuff, but how about showing some of your top selling sale items that are a very good price? So immediately people think, oh, I can afford to spend here. And those who are looking for more expensive items will be able to see that those sections exist as well above it. So that's that's quite a good thing to do. Um, yeah, that's, 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 that's number one, really. Um, reduce your file sizes. Oh, and on that as well, let's focus on one more thing. We all like nice, fancy fonts. There's two types of fonts out there. There's web-safe fonts, and then there's, well, there's not web-safe fonts. And what a web-safe font is, it's a font that's hard-coded into everyone's computer, everyone's word processor. So something like Helvetica. Everyone has that on Word or, or wherever. It's already on your computer. If you load a website and it's got the HTML code, say Helvetica, your computer will just pull it up because it's there. If you've got a font that's like a Google font, once again, when you load the site, the site requests... The actual is my cat meowing in the background. The site requests the font from, from Google, from Google Fonts. Again, that slows the site down. You'd be amazed, actually, how much a font can impact your performance. So these are some really simple ways to improve your performance. Reduce the file and the image sizes. Reduce the number of products in a slider. Focus on some key items, some key featured items, and use web-safe fonts. That's number one, performance. So next up, tip number two, one of the things that's very critical, when you have your, your pages, it be a product page or a collection page, make sure you name your files after the keyword you're using. So what I'm talking about here is on a collection is a featured image section. So very often I see websites where they've got things like moving banner, JPEG one, or what's a moving banner one, JPEG, hero image two. Start naming these things after the keyword you're targeting the page for. So if you have a page for summer sandals, that's the keyword you're targeting, summer sandals perhaps, or summer sandals UK cheap or whatever it is. Make sure the featured image on that collection, or if it's a product, make sure the file is named after the keyword. And when it has the option of adding alt text, don't neglect that. That, that one of those things is really about user experience and making sure that you're helping all different people. Google, when it crawls an image, it can't necessarily, it can't see what the image is, but it can read the image. And what it reads is the file name, and the alt text. Alt text means alternative text to show if the image can't load. Again, pop the keyword in there. You can be descriptive. That's really important. When you have pages, and what we're talking about on tip two here, really, what this is more about is thinking about the words you're using. So when you have a, a web page, a title, you've got to make sure that that title relates to the keyword. Make sure within the content you're using the keyword in the first paragraph. Make sure you're using the, the keyword within like sort of additional headers. They're called header tags. They're the types of, they're the bold, thick text you often see on sites. Header ones, header twos, header threes, right down to header fives. These sort of titles use variations as well of that particular keyword, but really focusing on that keyword and not some words you use on another page. When it comes to naming conventions and text uh, links as well, when you are linking between pages, or maybe you've got a, uh, a video or a review page, or you're in a collection and you want to highlight a specific product you have within that collection, and you add a hyperlink, don't hyperlink the phrase, click me, read more, click here. Hyperlink the specific text. So if you've got a collection, and in that collection you've got 20 pairs of shoes, but you really want to try and get traffic to one particular pair of shoes, Maybe it's a, a great price on a really well-known brand. You know, you might put a bit of text like a bullet point saying, we stock the latest version of Air Max 95s. Click here to see them. And people often click the word, they often put the hyperlink on the word click here. No, Air Max 95s. 
by Air Max 95s. Make that the text that you put the link into. And when you put the link in it, again, you have the option of a title or some descriptive text to explain. You know, product page for Air Max 95s to buy online. You, again, you're, you're giving every opportunity to tell Google this is what this is here and this is what that is there. So often I look at websites, one of the first things I do is I have a look at their organic keyword profile. And most of the text generally will either be, when sites haven't done this kind of stuff, it'll either be their brand name, where they've got links to their brand or their, their homepage elsewhere, or it will be click more, read more, view here, see video. Those things are doing you no value whatsoever. What you're saying to Google is if you go to that page, you're going to see the products click here. That's essentially what you're doing. So start thinking smart about every word and every bit, of, every bit of text that you tweak and play with on Google. So super important, make sure the images are named after the keyword, make sure the alt text has the keyword in, make sure you put the keyword within the text and the headers and the titles in the meta descriptions. And actually just while we're here on, on point two, meta titles and meta descriptions, people think that's the thing that's gonna get them to rank. It's not, it's not. You often hear a lot of companies, web designers again will say this, oh, we'll do your SEO, we'll, we'll adjust, we'll make sure your meta titles are correct. That's not SEO, that's click-through rate optimization. What do I mean by that? Very quickly, so if you are on Google and you're on page one or page two, maybe you are on a toy shop. So you're a toy shop in Gravesend in Kent. It's a toy shop Gravesend in Kent, maybe there's 10 results come up. Maybe you're number seven, but yours has a really compelling title, a really compelling meta title. Maybe it's um, you know Gravesend's oldest toy shop, find out why we've been here 100 years, something like that. And above it, there is someone else that has toy shop, toy store, toys here, Gravesend. Which one do you think you're gonna click more? You're gonna click the one with the compelling story. So the more people that click the one lower down, what that tells Google is, hey, these, this company are servicing people's need much, much greater. So what happens? You get moved up the listing. So that's click rate optimization. It can help your, your ranking profile, but it isn't gonna get you into Google just because you've written a few keywords in it. What's the other bonus of putting the keywords into the meta title and meta description? Well, if you do put them in there and people search for that term, they will be bolded. So they do stand out a bit more, but then everyone else will be bolded as well. So make sure when you put those titles and descriptions in, they tell a story, they capture people's attention, and again, have a look at how many words and, and bits of text you're putting in there, because you put too much in, it truncates and cuts off. So there you go, that's point two. Think about the words you use, super important. Let's go on to number three. Number three, breadcrumbs. Now they're not just something you find scattered over your kitchen worktop, or my wife finds scattered over the kitchen worktop because I'm a bit messy when I make, I don't use a plate when I make myself sandwiches. There you go, full disclosure. Breadcrumbs are the things at the top of a website that indicate your route through that site. Now, there's a couple of different ways breadcrumbs appear. Some sites have preordained ones. Other sites have path-based. Now, what's a path-based breadcrumb? My cat's meowing quite loudly, but whatever, I'm working from home. Is it? It's lockdown. It's not lockdown anymore. So breadcrumbs, path-based breadcrumbs. If you land on Amazon's website or PC World or the BBC's website, Peggy, please, Mason's doing a podcast. I'm talking about Shopify SEO. So if you are navigating a website and you've got, uh, you're in the computer section, then you're in the peripheral section, then you're in the sale peripheral section, you'll find a list of words at the top of the site. I'm going to have to stop her. I'm going to have to take the cat out. Come on, Peggy. Uh, <laughs> so you'll find a list of words and you can navigate back to the next category above by clicking the little word. That's a breadcrumb. Now, if they're path-based, that means they're not permanent. So what they are normally, so while you're on there temporarily, it's a link from that page 
back up a category. It's an internal link. Now, an internal link carries a small amount of page rank, page juice, SEO juice, a small amount, only a small amount, depending on how powerful that page is, back up to the next category. So if you've got a thousand products in that category and they've all got a breadcrumb going back up to the next category above, that's a thousand pages giving a little bit of page rank each back up to that category. That gives it some SEO juice. Now, if they are path-based, that's not fixed. Therefore, they're not proper internal links. But if they're preordained on Shopify, you can do that. You can create a preordained path. Now, why would you do preordained and not path-based? One, because they're internal links and they're a value and they create SEO juice. But more importantly, because Shopify doesn't allow you to create a good hierarchy, you can make your own one. So again, I mentioned about how important information architecture and hierarchy is for SEO value. So what you can do with, with Shopify, a little bit of code, a little bit of work, you can make your own breadcrumbs. You can make your own subcategories with those breadcrumbs. So on our site, we've got sub, we've, we've, what we've done essentially, we've got all the categories like anyone on Shopify that's a flat hierarchy. It's all collections forward slash the category. So what have we done? We've gone through all our products. We've gone through all our collections and we've made a correct order of how they should be. So we've, we've kind of created subcategories as it were. Google runs through your site. It finds these preordained, these fixed links. And it gives it a direction, it gives it organization, it makes sense. So breadcrumbs are something that Google talks about a lot, says they're very important for user experience. You may not use them, some people use them. I, I talk to people all the time about how important they are and I still end up pressing the back button. But if Google likes them, that's important. Again, what it does as well is it creates a structure for your site. It means it's easier for, your, for, for the crawlers to navigate your site, which means your site's gonna be crawled more effectively. Pages aren't gonna be missed. Pages are gonna be picked up quicker and put into the index quicker. And it also means you look like you've got a friendly site structure. So now you've got correctly named files, correctly named sections. You've got compelling descriptions and meta titles and meta descriptions. You've got a faster loading site and now you've got good navigation. These are things you didn't have three tips ago. What else do these do? These, do? these are also links. So I mentioned before, these are is called internal links. Now there's two types of links you can get. Well, there's actually more than two, but let's keep this super simple. There's backlinks and there's internal links. A backlink is a link from someone else's website to yours, which passes a bit of their page authority. We'll cover that in a second. From their site to yours, it carries a bit of SEO juice. You get lots of good backlinks from great big sites that are relevant to what you do, pointing to your site. You can rank higher, um, but if you've got internal links, you can do something similar, but on a much smaller scale. If you've got lots of good pages on your site and they're all pointing to the same site, you can channel some of that internal page authority back up to other pages or back across to other pages and help those pages grow too. It's never gonna be as good as a really high quality external backlink, but right now with no breadcrumbs and no preordained breadcrumbs, you haven't got that. So imagine if you suddenly had, if you've got 1500, I've got a website right now, I'm doing this on, we've got 1500 products on there. 1500 products, sorry, is it tell? I've got 1500 products in one senior seed category. Now putting these preordained breadcrumbs in, I've now got 1500 internal links, all pushing an internal link back up to that seed category. Now, what else have we done with that? What else can you do with that? What does everyone else have on their breadcrumbs? They've got the word home at the front. Now, if you sell home furnishings, that's great. But if you like 99.9% .9 of all the other people who've got a Shopify website, don't sell home furnishings. How about you change the word home to what you do? Now, obviously, if what you do is a five or six word service, that becomes quite difficult and quite messy. But if it's a two word or eight letters or nine letters, jump into edit preferences, edit the languages in your back end of your Shopify and, and type in breadcrumbs. You'll see the word home for the home text. Change it to what you do. 
And again, all those pages now that show the word home are suddenly going to start showing a keyword you're trying to target your homepage for. That can't be bad. So now you've got a ton of things that you can employ already that you weren't doing before this podcast. So let's move on to number four. So tip four, I mentioned internal linking, I mentioned breadcrumbs. Now let's talk external link and backlinks. Now, how do you get backlinks? What kind of backlinks matter? You can jump on Fiverr and you type in backlinks and you can see loads of dodgy transaction offers where you can get 100 backlinks for X amount of money. Stop. That's not what you're looking for. In fact, one amazing backlink from the right site could be more than enough to get you ranking an awful lot higher. Case in point, I got a backlink for one of my own pages just last week. Uh, it hasn't got any backlinks before this. Uh, it's a new page. It hasn't got a ton of content on there, but it's quite focused on a specific keyword. It got brought up on Reddit. I'm a, I'm a regular Redditor, Reddit user, Redditor, Redditor. It's jumped up 40 spots today as it started to feed that the power of that one internal link through because Reddit's quite a high, high authority site for it to be on there. Backlinks are sites that link to your website, in short. So you could be, maybe you sell, maybe you have a review section of shoes, the best shoes 2020 to wear in Ibiza. Nice, useful piece of blog content. You go out there, you show it to a ton of people on a ton of sites that maybe they do resource or they recommend the best review sites, those things. And they go, do you know what? Yeah, we'll link out to that. It's a useful resource. They pop a link to that review that you've done on their site and you've then got backlink traffic or backlink juice. Unless we get traffic, but backlink juice from their site to yours. You don't actually have to get any clicks to get value. You get value just by the merit of getting that vote of confidence. Essentially, two websites both do the same thing, all thing being equal to Google. They'll look at it and go, which one's got more backlinks? The one's got more backlinks will rank higher. That's the, that's the importance of them. If you look at any site that ranks high, generally they've got a very, very strong backlink profile. That's either lots and lots of backlinks of good quality, or they've got a number of links that are exceptionally high quality. Bad backlinks can do exactly the opposite and damage your entire site. So how do you get them? There's a couple of ways, a couple of very simple tricks that people use. Broken backlink building. Find out the backlinks that your competitors have. Have a look through all the list of them. Have a look for which ones are broken. There's a num number of tools out there you can use. Ahrefs is one. They do a $7 seven-day trial. I really recommend it. They do a really good piece on how to spot broken backlinks that your competitors have. You can then find out where the broken backlinks are. Contact the site that has that old link on there. Say, look, hey, I notice you've got a great piece of article, but it's linking out to a broken piece of content. I've got an updated version if you wanted to have a look at it and replace it. Otherwise, thanks for writing a really good article. I found it really interesting to read. Ta-da! That kind of way. That's one approach. That's called the broken backlink building. Don't expect everyone to respond to you. In fact, expect most people not to respond to you. But it's certainly a way to get a free backlink. Next up. There's a ton of indexes out there, business indexes. They're not as good quality, some of them are better than others, but there are certainly loads out there. When you go and set yourself up a Google My Business profile and you put your URL in there, that's a backlink. When you set up a, a Facebook profile, that's a backlink. When you set up Yelp, Foursquare, Yale, Approved Index, The Sun, Scoot, Thompson, Touch Local, The Mirror, there's absolutely tons of central index. There's loads of them out there. Those things, bing, <laughs> keep going, there's more. Those things, get them set up. Get them set up. Get them set up all accurately as well. This is good for Google local um, SEO as well. Set up a Word document. Put in your, your telephone number, how you're going to write it, your email, how you're going to write it, your URL, how you're going to write it, your name, your description, your services, all of them. Put them in one Word document. And then every time you go to one of those sites, you put the details in exactly the same as each time. So it's uniform and precise. But importantly, you then also build up a backlink profile there. That's the first place you should go. Those things are really useful. 
people try and get backlinks for um, product pages they're very hard to get no one necessarily is naturally going to backlink to your shoes page that sells a specific type of shoes but they certainly would be more likely to give you a backlink for a best of shoes a review page so what we often do is we will build a really good piece of resource content a really good useful descriptive thing we've got a, a page at the moment which is called like the um, the ultimate guide to a certain brand's product and it tells them what to use for each one it's a very good useful resource it's a very big piece of content it's about two and a half three four thousand words lots and lots of links in there that page links from that page to lots of our products so whereas no one wants to necessarily give us a link for one of those products, and which one would we pick? Which one would we pick? I'm sure, to be fair, there is an easy way to find out which one we'd pick, but no one's really naturally going to give us a link to those things. But what they would discuss, and what wouldn't look spammy, is a link to our resource page, the useful guide. That useful guide then carries that juice. So what we do, rather than trying to build a ton of backlinks to lots and lots of different pages, or writing 100 blogs, or a blog every two days, and then having to try and backlink build for each of those to actually get them to rank anywhere, we write a smaller number, larger, better quality, much more useful blog posts. Maybe one a month, one every six weeks, but something really good. And we go and we build backlinks for that one piece. It's much easier to build backlinks for one piece than it is to build backlinks for a hundred pieces. You know, you're just going to be splitting your energy. So build it for one quality piece every every so often. I heard a statistic you should spend 15 or 20% of your time writing content, 80% building backlinks. So now we've got all these backlinks. We've started building backlinks. We've gone to a few places to get them. We've reached out to a few reviewers. Sometimes you've got to pay them for guest post slots. It does happen. You do have people say you don't you know if you pay for backlinks, they're bad backlinks. Everyone pays for a backlink in some way or another. Bottom line, there's always some form of transaction that happens to get that backlink. That's the brutal truth of it. I think what they're talking about is don't buy backlinks from Fiverr or people per hour. But anyway, so you build up these backlinks and you start bringing them directly to one of your own pages. Start tracking that keyword in. There's different ways to track them on different keyword indexes and you start seeing that page grow. And that page in your site, it then becomes your hub of SEO juice. So you've not just got your homepage that's got SEO juice. Now you've got this hub within your site that sends power to the products within your site. So you've got a sort of second hotspot. And then you do it again with another thing. So that's that's backlink building. Very important. It's one of the strong ways to get your traffic up there. Have a look at where your competitors get their backlinks from. And just go and contact the same companies and say, hey, I see you wrote an article recently about X company. I'd love to have the opportunity to run our products by you. Or I'd love to have the opportunity to have our products reviewed by you or whatever it is. Make sure you look at what they're doing and just do it more frequently. There you go. That's number tip number four to even up the Shopify SEO odds. Don't just rely on traffic to come to you. You've got to go out there and get it. That's backlinks. So now you've covered internal links, backlinks, naming conventions, and getting a faster site. You're going to have a better site after this podcast. Anyway, that's Death Ground. I'm David. This is the Mason on Business Show. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to make sure you subscribe or even just give us a comment and a thumbs up. That's all we want. Thanks for listening to the Mason on Business Show. I want to ask you one favor now. Help us rank higher by hitting the subscribe button or share with a friend. If you want to get in contact, head over to deathground.co.uk or on Twitter at the underscore mob show.